0: Welcome to Modern Morality. My name is Mikey, and I'm joined here by John. Hello, everyone. And Johnny. Hello. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoy. And welcome back to Modern Morality. All right, Johnny, how's it been since uh, the last time we talked? Feeling
1: great. Ready to go. John, how about you? I am all well and and. Ready to talk about it.
0: I'm glad we had the time for you to get better from our last episode. Me too. All righty. So after our table talk, it has been decided that this topic is going to be about peer pressure and morality. How does peer pressure affect one's morality? Um, And this, I'm sure, will span off into stuff like groupthink, societal pressures, um, and so on. So who wants to start us off? All righty, that was great. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think if we're talking about peer pressure, um, peer pressure is typically associated with friends or close family, I would say, peer being the, the key word there. Um, but a lot of peer pressure, if you keep expanding out, goes back to society. We've, we've hit on societal pressures a little bit. So um, what comes first? Is it the peer pressure that spans out to societal pressure or is it societal pressures that um, influence your peers, that influence you.
2: I, I think one of the basic tendencies that every person has is is a tendency to need or want to belong. And I, I guess the peers you have, the question comes is, did you select them or were you thrust into that environment or around those people?
1: I'll, I'll tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to break it down into into several categories. Let's start from the beginning when you're, uh, when you're first born, through your first say five years, four years, your your peers are your parents and your siblings,
2: and you have no choice in the. Matter. And you have
1: no choice in the matter. Then you're you're talking about. You're talking about, um, childhood, early childhood, say from five to, thirteen. That's a whole different set of, of, of influences. Um, you, get, you get introduced to people at school. You get introduced to people at church. You get introduced to people uh, in your neighborhood. Um, then you go to the next step, which would be your teenage years. And that's a, another uh, milestone as far as, as peer pressure is concerned because it really gets ramped up at that point. Um, but but you're getting more say in the selection of your peers. You would hope so, but I haven't seen that' didn't <laughs> seen that very often. Uh, and then you then of course you get to the point where where' a young adult and at that point we can we can bring Mikey into the conversation because he <laughs> might have some experience with that.
0: No, I'm still a five year old at heart. Well,
1: that explains a lot. And that he, does explain. That, explains, okay. a lot, uh, yep. explains a lot. Explains yeah. a lot. But I, I and, and and then when you when you get to adulthood, uh, then you're talking about the same kind of kind of uh, spread out influence that you that you have. You have um, uh, your your family has changed. Your you may have started a family of your own. Uh, you are are joining clubs you're probably taking leadership roles in in church and in the clubs and it's a it's a whole different set of you,
2: you become more influential
1: you become right. you become more influential or, or
2: at least you're in positions to be of more influence
1: that is true and and a and a lot of the reasons that people are are placed in those leadership roles is because of peer pressure people agree with what, with what your morals are and want you to, to be in charge and pass those on.
0: Yeah. So um, what I did is on this train of thought, I went ahead and broke down a bunch of age groups, and I feel like it would be beneficial for us to talk about every age group and what peer pressure or influences they have on their morality at that age. So I have 0 through 5, 5 through 13, 13 through early 20s, uh, then I would say adult life, which is mid 20s up until midlife, and then retirement age. Please explain midlife. <laughs> yes, please do. This is when I would say you are past, if, if the average age or life expectancy is like 75, half of that midlife.
2: <laughs> Holy moly.
0: <laughs> right? I'm and feeling
2: we'll, over the hill. I don't know about you, John.
0: We'll, we'll talk about that more when we get there.
1: So let's call I ahead. thought I felt good at the beginning <laughs> of this podcast. Now I'm feeling old.
2: So, um, how's that all experienced? How's that, how's that feeling now? <laughs> oh, my bones are hurting.
0: <laughs> so from zero through five, when they're born up to the five years old, they have really two primary influences in a, in a traditional home, their mother and their father, maybe some grandparents or aunts and uncles, whatever, but it's their close family. Um, their morality or their influences are shaped off of one unit, right?
2: More directly.
0: More directly. directly, right? So there's not other outside influences really coming into it at this at this moment. But, at this but you've
2: also got to argue with their development at that point. How influ- how 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 is their behavior influenced? In other words, they don't know right from wrong. So are you able to teach or influence morality at that? stage. My, ex- my experience
1: with, with children at that age is that babies are learning to wrap their parents around their finger the minute they're born. So they are learning boundaries. They are learning boundaries. And it's up to the parents to realize that they have to set boundaries
2: early and often. Early and often. We've heard that in a previous episode.
0: All right, so... Five through 13, this is when they're entering the school realm or that school age, where now they're not only being influenced, uh, influenced by their home life, they're being influenced by kids with completely different home lives, potentially. And, so
1: that, and every one of them is trying to stretch their boundaries. Right. They want to see how far they can stretch things before it breaks or somebody breaks on them.
0: Right. So if we're talking about peer pressure, you may have someone who, or a child, five years old, just going to kindergarten, their parents have done a great job. They're a model student. And then you have a little kid over here who's the exact opposite, who is a troublemaker. Um, he he does anything. He or she does anything for attention. Um, and then now you have that influence on this kid who's very impressionable at this age. And it's... That I mean, those experiences do shape morality, I would say, because, you uh, see, there are I, several I, avenues I, you can I'm go gonna, down. I'm going
2: to correct you there. I, I think those things have the potential of shaping morality. I think the secret sauce is how close a relationship the parents keep with that child so that they know what that child's experiencing and they have the opportunity to coach the child through right. how to handle adversity.
0: And this is something that I have personally seen where you have kids who see trouble and they know that it's trouble and they say, I don't want anything to do with it. He can stay on that part of the room. As long as he's over there, I'm fine. And they do the right thing. And then you have others who say, well, he's getting to do some really cool things just because he's acting out. He gets to go out the classroom. He doesn't have to do the classwork. I think I'm going to try that behavior. And then they do it and they get kicked out of the classroom for a few minutes. They don't have to do their work. And then that that affects I, it. I,
2: I would say that comes back to that individual child and whether how confident they are in themselves, as well as how strong their desire to be in, to be included or be uh,
0: accepted is. All right. So uh, five through thirteen, we we kind of hit the immediately into school. But what happens when they get thirteen? They're getting they're heading into middle school. The hormones start to kick in. They're about to hit that teenage. way of life
1: that's when they start being rebellious they 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 want to they want to fit in they want to do whatever they can
0: to have the people around them like them Uh, so so from 5 to 13 it's stretching boundaries learning where those boundaries are from teenage years it's going way past boundaries it's you know what the boundaries are and I'm going to do what I want to do because I want to do them
1: and once again, it, it depends on at, at that point in time, you'll find that there are what are the cliques? Yeah, oh yeah. In in school, where where different different kids uh, hang out together,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know it, it depends on. It's kind of like a like a saturated or a combined morality of the group. As to, as to how they react to, to different situations. Right.
0: And th- uh, the, one of the most obvious examples of that is there's usually two sets of jocks. And I'll say this. There's two, ath- two sets of athletes. You have one a group who's, they are a part of the FCA, which for those who don't know, are the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. They typically have really good morals. They're, they're, those are the ones who have really high parent involvement in their life. Um, they go above and beyond to help others. You have some that don't. I mean, there's always outliers. And then you have jocks who don't have that structure. They're just really good at what they do. Um, And they're really fast or they're really strong or they can throw a ball. Um, And that kind of gives them this power, this popularity, this reputation. And if you look in the lunchroom, you can see those two separate cliques in real time. It's really interesting. So you can see that there is a group morality. They're the same. I won't say type of people. They're both sets of athletes, but their morality in those individual groups are completely different.
1: Well, I wouldn't say it's completely different. It's, it's well, it, it, that, that's not a fair that's not a fair statement. But I don't
0: think. Well, I, they hold certain things higher than others. is what I would say. Well, less that's, well, that's true, right? That's true. They have yeah.
2: You know, they value
0: different things at different that, levels. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way. Of that's value. true. But, yeah.
1: but 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 just to, to generalize and say that that one group of athletes has more worlds and the other one don't or, or that that that's that's, that's not a what statement. this whole thing's
2: about yeah, that's it? not
1: that's yeah. not and, a fair statement though
0: and i'm not saying that every single the, what i call the FCA athletes i'm not saying that every single one of them are a part of that organization but you do see that a lot of them too do, uh, do tend to some of some forward. of them just
2: want to be recognized or grouped with those people who right. are truly in in right. the FCA for the right reasons
0: and and, and that goes back to you are the, the they're average they're of your seeing, closest five friends yeah
2: they're seeing the the repercussions positive in this case that those kids are getting and they want to be a part of that and and also um there's
1: discipline involved with every aspect of sports um and and with discipline comes a certain morality uh, and i think that, that coaches coaches can add to the morality oh, of, yeah. of, of athletes
0: yeah they uh, I, the one thing about
1: I think, team i think that, i think that coaches have a bigger influence than teachers do oh i agree the oh, the, the much, one much more yeah the one more influence.
0: well they can actually give them i don't want to call them physical like punishments or anything but you know you back talk me you're running a lap you know that, that they eventually get that. Uh, they don't want to do that anymore. So they're well, going. Well, but they up. also
2: get the praise. That right. That's that's where they get praise when they accomplish something that most kids are are craving right. praise that at is some true. time. That they just yeah. They just want from, to be good. From, at something. From, whoever, now,
1: from from whoever from from adults from leaders or from peers.
2: Now okay. to be fair, um, I was a bit of a nerd. We'll talk I, about I that group. In, yeah. I was in academic bowl. All that kind of stuff, and a good teacher will do the same thing a good coach will do. Right, and they will give you the same rewards and the same accolades, and and uh, an academic student can have the same opportunities to get that same recognition. The problem is society doesn't put as much weight on academic recognition right. as as they do on sports, and I think that's a shame.
0: Yeah, not enough money comes in from that academic bowl versus the football right. game, right? right. Which is really sad for an educational facility to put so much emphasis on on a sport rather than an academic achievement. Truly, that is.
2: We could have a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! But you know, we, we I like that we're grouping it by age groups or categories. I like that we're talking about outside influences to those age groups, but we're still not getting to the to the peer part of it. Is you know why would why does your peers in your same group with you in the same activities have such an influence on your life.
0: Well, and again, I've said this in previous episodes, and this is something I've lived by, is you are the sum or the average, I say the average, of your closest five friends. Those are the ones who are going to influence you because they're the ones you spend the most time with. What they do right and wrong tends to be what you do right and wrong. And so, I mean, that that's exact exactly the topic is, is as far as the peer pressure goes. I mean, you, you want to. I don't want to say you want to impress your friends at that age. Rather, it's more of you know you have to do certain things in order to fit in, and, and sometimes some groups value things that other groups don't value at all, and that just you just got to work that out and fit in wherever you fit in, I guess. Well,
2: I, fit in is a is an is an interesting term. Um, I don't. I couldn't look back on my childhood and tell you that I fit in any group matter of fact at some point in my development I realized that I had friends in every group every group I agree with. whereas you I think way. a lot of kids they only have one group they gravitate right. gravitate towards so um, I don't know what that means for me but I, I realized at some point that I had friends that were athletes I had friends that were academic I had
0: friends in that were creative, band, art. Right. So just to make the point, I I was the exact same way, and this is what the consequence of that is. We have acquaintances, which is another episode we had. We have acquaintances almost everywhere. But the one thing that we have lacked is a group of really close friends, people who we can call on at any point in time, people who know our childhood, our raising, who know everything about us, who can help us in any way. That's something that we didn't have us, because we were so, we, we could bounce to every group. I was the exact same way. I had zero really close, what I would call best friends in but, school, but you, because I had, I could jump through every click and I was, I could fit in in almost every single one.
2: You, you almost make that sound like that's a bad connotation.
0: I don't want to say that it is, but you have people who their closest friends are only those who they were, they grew up with. And they haven't really found anybody past that group to trust because, I mean, they didn't open themselves up.
2: I I would venture to say, though, that I had rather have a few true friends than a whole peer group that appears to be my friends and they're really not. Quantity over quality.
0: Yeah. Again, or or vice versa. If you want to learn more about that, we did a a morality and friendship episode. You should definitely go check it out if you haven't already. So, one
1: one of the things I wanted to to elaborate on a little bit was was the fact that that these cliques and these groups, when I was in high school, and believe it or not, I can remember when I was in high school, all these these groups were dynamic. You could you could watch groups change and morph and and depend- mature, mature, and and the different people would move from one group to another group, and and I always wondered what what happened to make people you know move on down the hall to a different group when we were standing there waiting for classes to start.
2: And then you had those like Mikey and I were describing, who were floating in and out of every group.
1: Uh, yeah, and that was I, I fit that that same category, even though I was a jock. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's a joke i was never a joke. <laughs> But i i, I, I was
2: going to ask which sport but i would
1: i could uh i could relate t- to a lot of different people uh and 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 i was i was very fluid as to which groups i hung out with and and and, and in in my particular case if if one group was not performing to my standards i'd go visit another group
0: so uh, we're, I would like to get back to kind of the different age groups, but there's one thing I want to explore while we're talking about those individuals who hop groups. Um, in my experience, and, every, and there's a few of them who fit this category, and I have noticed they, either have, they typically have two major aspects about them that allow them to hop. They're either really funny and they can make anyone laugh, and everyone loves to laugh for the most part. I would say that's pretty common. Um, and so every group could fit that humor in there. So they, they'd get the class clown, they'd get this uh, the person who could tell the best jokes. Or they're the ones who have done, the I don't want to say the most good, but they're the high, the most respected. And that could be from winning a championship game. It could be a jock. It could be someone who went above and beyond uh, throughout the school or who just took the initiative to go and get to know everybody that they possibly could. and they Or, earn or that it's someone
2: who always gives you an honest opinion and everybody seeks them out because they want their true they opinion. They want the truth,
0: right. Yeah. So, just those the, just two qualities I have noticed in my experiences with school and those cliques that, that those are the two uh, the type of people who tend to bounce. They have those qualities that can fit in every group. Something that almost every group is looking for. I
1: want to I want to ask you, Mikey. I, I don't know if you've I don't know if you've been through enough classes to to recognize this or not, but my experience was that in class. In high school, you could you could see a particular class where everybody excels academically, everybody is well behaved, and everybody gets along together.
2: You're talking about a graduating class, yeah? Like that's a that's year. A that when you say class? No,
1: I'm I'm talking about any class, like like
2: individual
0: so classroom. in An individual classroom
1: in in high school. Right. Well, we'll we'll take a, a history a history class. Okay. You can you can see classes that that are dedicated to learning that that everybody has the same goal, and then you can the the, the next period you got a bunch of clowns, hoodlums. Well, clowns that that really don't care. You know, it's, it's the it's the, the 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 C and D students and. They take over that class, and that whole class becomes that way. You know even the people you know you're going to have people in there who want to to excel, but they have a difficult time because they're always cutting up and and getting distracted get distracted when well, when substitute teachers come in they they you
2: know there's two schools of thought on that. you either put it, make an environment for all those that want to succeed, and you put them in it and you isolate them from the clowns or the other school of thought is, you know, there's no child left behind and the class ends up being only as good as the worst student.
1: There you go. I was going I was going to get you to re- reiterate that that the you're you're only as strong as the weakest link.
2: Yep. Let's well, band instructor I had used to say the band's only as good as the worst player.
1: Well, that's Yeah. Well, you can hide things in a band. Come on. <laughs> under the bleachers
2: can you hide things in behavior in any other group
1: maybe maybe but but that's that's something that i that i had had noticed and, and that was even even true through through my um uh, uh college years you could uh go into a class and it, <clears throat> one class would be you know focused and then another class you go in there and and everybody's you know, hooping and hollering, and you can't hear the the professor speak. And and then the next quarter, it's, it's almost like it's almost like the next quarter, all those people who were hooping and hollering aren't there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 it that, that by
2: that, chance or design would be what I'd want to know.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's like it, you know, it's 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 dynamic.
0: So, yeah, it it is dynamic. There is one more. Before we go on to the different ages, and I know we're running out of time, we'll hit those in just a second. There is one more type of student or type of kid in the thirteen to early twenties age that I'd like to explore. What about the kid who is so intelligent that he's bored or she's bored?
2: Uh, I I know the kids you're talking about.
0: So how does how does peer pressure affect them when they when the classroom or in this case if they're in school? The classroom is ineffective to them because they already know the material.
2: Well, it depends on the it depends on the individual again. I mean, it it depends on if they have the strong desire to be included enough to where they will go along to get along, or if they have, you know, early episodes we talked about um, integrity. Uh, what is the strength, and where does that strength come from that that they can resist? Uh, immoral behavior, in, in, instead of the rewards they feel like by being included in the group, and the reason I say where that strength comes from, is it either comes from confidence, or it becomes, or it comes from the influence they've had from their their leaders or parents or whomever.
1: And children like that have a tendency to find things to occupy their minds. Uh, some people uh, choose to read all the time. Some choose to try sports. Others will try to change um, what their their primary studies are. Uh, I give an example where somebody uh, is very uh, very intelligent, uh, makes very good grades in school, is bored with the classes that that they're having. And they look for other things outside of the academics, um, and it's just just you know they will they'll cope.
2: And then others will actually instead they'll just look to get attention, and I think those are the ones that become disruptive instead of become uh, individual learners.
1: That's true, and I think that that the educators are learning to to tell when that's about to happen they can, they can step in and do something before anything negative takes place.
2: I, I hope they are because my experience in school I saw a lot of those kids get sent to almost punishment like an alternative school because of their, their behavior when really and truly they should have just been challenged with more right. challenging academics.
0: So one of the things that I will say that I do appreciate about um, the school system that I work in is we recently as a team of teachers had conversations with the gifted teacher and it was talking about the qualifications as to what it would take to become a gifted student. And they, long story short, basically said that the grades sometimes don't matter because you have kids who are exceptional in the curriculum. They just don't care enough to do the test. And they give us a series of traits to look for for determining if they're gifted. So you can have students who are low grades qualify for a gifted program and then the moment that they're challenged, truly challenged, you see them flourish. You see them blossom because now it becomes a motivation for them to learn more. They 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 found something that was um well wasn't easy to them.
2: Well, I I truly believe that you can't you can't base intelligence on accomplishment. And what I mean by that is I I had a college instructor one time, and this this resonates with me from time to time, that told told me, and it it has rung true ever since he told me this, you've got three kinds of students. You've got your A students who are probably going to be academians the rest of their life. And then you've got your B students who are going to end up corporate America, middle management, that kind of thing. Then you've got the C-level students who can sometimes be your most intelligent. And what they have done is they're so intelligent, they've learned where the threshold is. They do just enough that they get all the same rewards and recognition of the B's and A students. With the least amount of effort. With the least amount of effort.
0: Well, and then the other thing I'll say about C students, and this was told to me by a college professor, um, was that C students tend to be like you said, the most intelligent, not because they can retain the most information, more of they knew exactly what resources were available to them. And their resourcefulness is what makes them better leaders rather than them just knowing everything by studying a book for hours upon uh, hours. These people knew exactly where to go to find the information they need to best be effective.
2: So just remember your corporate America executives will probably see students.
0: Well, those that are effective C levels were probably C students. <laughs> good point. Good yeah. point. So um, let's go ahead and go to the next age group. We're looking at mid 20s or that, or, yeah, mid 20s when they first hit in that true adulthood. When um, they're
2: starting to get some responsibility. Responsibility. Wow.
0: R- responsibilities uh, affect morals. So, not going into politics, um, there was somebody when my wife and I were planning a reception, she said this to us. Um, she was the leader or manager of this building that we were wanting to rent. And she said to us, yeah, my daughter went to college and uh, she came back liberal. That's not how she went. And uh, she said, she said, yeah, my daddy always told me that you're a liberal uh, as a teenager because you have a heart. And as you age, you become a Republican because you have a mind.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thought you said we weren't getting into politics. (laughs) We're not.
0: (laughs) But... It goes into. It's it, pretty political. That's it, very it very is. political. It is, and I'll, I'll tell you why um, I said it that way, is when you're in the mid twenties, you're starting to develop those responsibilities. You have to now you have bills you have to pay, so there's certain things you have to do, um, and now you're having to balance what's the right thing to do versus what you have to do to survive. And and when you're when you don't have those responsibilities, you tend to be more free with. You're, I say free with your morality. Your morality tends to be more.
2: You have less fear of repercussion.
0: Thank you. That's the way I was trying to uh, phrase it. But once you have that responsibility, your morality tends to shape towards that. It's the right thing. Uh, this is the right thing I can do within my bounds.
2: So is that the mind that more experienced people have? Is actually that they have they have gone through more repercussions?
0: Hmm.
1: My experience says yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad we have your experience I'm, on this group. I'm glad I'm here to <laughs>
0: chime in. Yeah, and I, like I said, I wasn't trying to make a political statement at all. It really wasn't that. It's just something oh, that we was plan
2: like, on we plan on covering politics. Right. Just stay tuned. But you know.
0: it, it, this was just more of the uh, com- the contrast just between age. Is your your morality changes because your responsibility changes, and as your responsibility changes, th- certain things are valued higher than they did when you were a kid. Well, you, you
1: just just think what happens at that point in time. You're you're becoming less of a dependent of your on your parents. In other words, when you when you move out, leave the nest, get your yeah. own job, get buy a house, get married. All those things that go along with, with being an adult, you're, you're giving up uh, your parents' ability to pay your taxes, to pay your insurance, to pay uh, everything, uh, and then it becomes your responsibility, and that, at that point, you have to look at, at you know why your insurance is so high, why your taxes are so high. And at that point, you become an adult.
0: So with adult thoughts, well,
2: we we've used responsibility word a lot. Um, don't confuse that with accountability, which we need to cover at some point.
0: So yes. let's let's bring this um, back to peer pressure. Okay. So at mid twenties, that's this adult life before you hit that midlife. Um, this yeah this this adult life. What are the peer pressures? Uh, you have at this point, this becomes your work group, right? uh maybe some close friends that you've you know developed or say developed that you've collected along the way well, or at whatever that point,
1: at, at that point your your peer pressure is that you must be successful
2: right ever how you define success ever how you define
1: it ever how your peers define it
2: true the peers that you want to belong with right yeah hmm.
0: so um man, yeah, all right well let's go ahead and go to midlife and the reason i say midlife and there's, there's 35
1: like, for everybody that wasn't listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what is the, uh, the national life expects or the average life expects, you know, I really don't know. It's like
1: 78. Yeah. 78. It's higher. It's
2: higher than 70.
0: I said 75. Okay. I wasn't that far off. But anyways, um, so this midlife and it's John I, and I
2: are both beyond midlife. So, so we'll, we'll just put it that way.
0: I have read this. and uh, Please don't take it out of context. I'm just repeating. It. It's not my words is once you're at midlife, you're dying from there on out.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're dying from the minute you're born. Right, True. Thank you, John.
0: Okay. Some of us are further along that journey than
1: others. Get down off your young white horse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But um, it goes from I'm, I'm trying to reach this peak of my life to I need to start looking for when I'm not here anymore. So those responsibilities, as mentioned before, are not how am I going to survive? It's more of what legacy am I going to leave behind?
2: That's a very optimistic way of viewing it. Some people would some people would say it a little different than
0: that. Well, I haven't experienced it. it yet, some so please people, some people
2: me. would say that the, those younger folks feel like they're immortal. They don't realize they're gonna die. Tomato, tomato.
0: See, and I, me personally, I don't have that because I have seen. So like our the high school that I went to have lost so many students uh, from various walks of life, and um, I mean it's it's humbling. I mean there was the he was the valedictorian or salutatorian of the class below me, tragically died just in an accident on a skateboard or something like that, um, out of the blue just happened, and it it shook the whole county. So I, I mean I get what you're saying. It's a generalization, but. Um, but yeah me personally i I don't think I can relate to that
2: well i I think bringing it back to our topic of peer pressure is that the older you get, I think I feel like the less you feel the need to be and to be included in any kind of group.
0: you become a hermit i'm
2: <laughs> trying I'm trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> and then I
1: get drugged into these things <laughs> you're welcome <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: so uh so peer pressure at midlife What? So, so we have work we have um at this point John mentioned earlier you join clubs you're not at this point you're not trying to be influenced rather you're trying to influence or this is where that age for that kind of. I, I
2: think the difference is Mikey in the earlier groups we've talked about those people are in their formative years, formative, and, they're, right. and they're trying to find out what group they belong in. I would like to think that midlife and own instead, you're trying to find a group that matches what you've defined yourself as.
0: So where does midlife crisis come into that?
2: Ooh, that's another episode, too.
0: Because <laughs> you have these people who, who... There's a lot of
2: psychology behind that one, too. Right.
0: You have people who suddenly realize that they're mortal i say that they realize that they're mortal and they're like i don't have much time left i'm gonna go buy me a mustang convertible
2: or motorcycle or, or
0: motorcycles or planes or whatever it may be boats Bo- <laughs> boats multiple multiple yeah. all righty so uh let's go to i don't want to say the end of life uh more of the retirement age when uh when you're no longer in the workforce but you're you know what are the peer pressures for that group? Of Sorry, people? I can't
2: relate to that
1: yet. Yeah. And I don't have any. <laughs> I feel I, I feel no pressure to be a part of anything. So if, if if somebody wants me to be part of something, then they invite me.
0: So I one of the things that I love is I love stand up comedy. Absolutely love them. Um, uh, stand up comics and there's a couple a, a couple who hit on old men spe- specifically old men. And they say, old men have nothing to live for. So they don't care. And what they do is they live their life doing whatever they want to do. And, and I don't know how that fits as far as peer pressure goes. Pretty much is you don't have any reason to listen to anybody else. You've already lived your life. You know who you are. So you do what you want to
2: do. I, I, I view that as more, I fear fewer repercussions the older I get.
0: Yeah, my, my grandmother. Um my grandmother once told me it's, it's been a while, but she once told me, "I've got to that age if I needed to hurt somebody, I'd probably do it." <laughs> <laughs> I can't
2: say whether I'm going to relate to that or not
0: um but and another thing regarding my grandmother is she's been like smoking cigarettes. she's been smoking cigarettes for probably eighty percent of her life, and that's a lot, and it's gotten to the point in her age. Where it, instead of us trying which, to ask... Which is a
2: questions. classic peer pressure activity.
0: It is. It was deemed cool back in the day.
2: Why else would anybody smoke a cigarette other than to be accepted by a group? I don't get it. And I don't then, get it And either.
1: then after that point, it's addiction.
0: It's addiction, It's right? addiction, It's right. Right. Chem, Yeah, chemical addiction.
1: So it's peer pressure to get you started and addiction to keep you
0: there. But yeah, it but back to the point was... um when we talked to her, it's like, you know, why don't you consider quitting? You know, it'd probably be better for your health. She goes, my health? She goes, son, I'm however old she was at the time she told me this. I don't think my health's in question now, right now.
2: <laughs> nice save not putting her age out there, maybe.
0: Oh, I know better. I'm, <laughs> so
2: I'm, you do know consequences. I am no. a very
0: moral in, uh, in my grandson's status, so... <laughs> But yeah. So as far as the peer pressure goes, it sounds like it's always groups of people. Has, is, in any of the ages we talked about, has peer pressure? I know it's peers being people, but has there ever is there common outside forces acting upon morality um, that associate with peers that are not just people? And then we'll close on that note.
1: The media. The media. The media has gotten to the point where they affect morality.
0: In which yep. age group? Every age group. Uh, every, every age group. Age group. I don't disagree with that. Well, alrighty. So it sounds like one of our next episodes will be uh, morality in the media. So we look forward to, um, yeah, having you listen then. So thank you for listening, and we hope to hear from you from the next time.
2: Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Modern Morality. Please visit our website at ModernMoralityMedia.com and leave us some feedback about the show. We look forward to exploring more with you. Until next time.